Welcome to Knowles 24-7's On the Bench Podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. I got Josh Newberg with me right now, and we are plugging along. We are past the halfway point. Uh, the end is in sight as we do our Meet the Coaches series. Every single new coach on staff has uh, been, a, we've been afforded the opportunity to interview them. It's been awesome. I do want to like do a recap of all this, Josh, when when we're done to talk about the access and just how fun this mm-hmm. has been. But, uh, but let's get into the nitty gritty of what we're doing right now while we're still in the series. Uh, this is an important position coach, maybe the most important position coach. It makes me hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we got Alex Atkins, the offensive line coach on the bench today. Uh, we start the podcast talking about food. We end it talking about food. It's lunchtime as we're recording this. So yeah, food is clearly on the mind right it, now. It, and it's also very on brand for talking to the offensive line coach and, and getting into the big men talk. So um, <laughs> hopefully you guys are eating as we, as you listen to this, enjoy the, the follow-up interview with Alex Atkins. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. As promised, we have FSU offensive line coach Alex Atkins. Coach Atkins, welcome to On the Bench. How's it going? Oh, man, appreciate you guys for having me. <laughs> we appreciate you being here before uh, before we had you uh, before we started recording here. Uh, Josh and I and uh, and Derek Satterfield FSU's SID were having a heated conversation about fast food. Uh, if you go to McDonald's, what do you what do you have to order? Coffee. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm getting out of McDonald's is some coffee, man. The coffee is actually pretty good. They do have some good coffee. Their coffee is legit. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's a it lifesaver is. when you're traveling. Then, oh man. That, that, there you go. I'm on the road quite a bit. What, what is your, like, what is your vice? Like when you are on the road, like where's your like place you'd like to stop at to eat? Do you go chains? Do you have uh, like special local restaurants you go to? What's your, what's your typical like travel diet? You know, we usually we usually get in pretty late off the road, and um, usually it's a hotel. You know, because once you get in, you want to be in, or you kind of just find somewhere that's open late. You know, and then and, and try to get in. And somebody got some good food after nine p.m. most of the time. That's sometimes when you can find the best food too. Is the late night stops, yeah, but uh, yeah, you, yeah, you can. I agree. All right. So, uh, when you when you, before you came to to Florida State, uh, you had a really successful. One year as an offensive coordinator at Charlotte, uh, Charlotte apparently, from what I read, like tried pretty hard to keep you there, and obviously you guys had things rolling. Uh, why was Florida State the opportunity for you? Like, why did you take it? Taking the opportunity to learn, number one, from uh, Mike Novell and Kenny, who I think are wonderful offensive minds. You know, understanding that I don't, I don't have it figured out, and there's always more to learn. And also the brand of Florida State, and you're talking mm-hmm. about. It, a school where you can walk in anywhere in the country and your logo is recognized without even uh, letters under the logo. You know, it's a common, common, common brand. And, and just to be a part of that history and tradition, I couldn't turn that down. And in that one year at Charlotte, uh, I believe that was your first year as the offensive coordinator. I guess, what did you, what did you learn uh, from having that role, that responsibility uh, in, in that one season? Uh you know, I had I had Willie Fritz gave me great leadership experience um, when I was with him because when, we, when I got to Tulane, he made me you know run game coordinator, assistant head coach, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just titles. He allowed me to you know run meetings when he wasn't around, and and I met with the running back, O line, and tight ends for a long time, and and, and I learned it, it taught me how to number one how to bring it all together and how to lead and and how to how to how to basically be able to balance it all beyond my responsibility and taking responsibility for all positions and then it helped widen my scope sometimes as line coaches we narrow that scope into our own little world and and it made me look at all 22 and, and from 
from sideline to sideline was really helped me as a coach to understand and put it all together. That's interesting. And I think uh, just looking like it, I don't know if a lot of people have, have done the research here, like in your year, this past season at Charlotte, like when you guys took over, uh, the offense was one of the worst in the country going into what you guys were taking over. It was 120th nationally yards per play. And in one season, uh, that turnaround is top 30 in the, you know, in that category offensively and in top 25 and a lot of others, as people are looking at Florida state's offense and, and what you guys can do in a year, I guess like how can there be such a big change in one year to another? Is it things you guys did different schematically? Is it a cultural overhaul? Uh, what you, what your experience was at Charlotte and I guess, how do you apply that to, to here at Florida state? It's a, it's a combination of all factors. And I think the biggest combination is players that want to be great. You know, most of the time you walk into those situations and, and uh, the players are, are yearning for it. They want it more than you can imagine because they, they just went through a cycle of uh, a year of being most likely beat down on social media and, and in media reports and, and, and things of that sort. And they read it and they, and they understand they want to be great. And they want the positive uh, information said about them because they know they have it in them. So the first of is the players. When they buy in and they want it and they, and they show you through their actions, I mean, it motivated me and you know every other coach to make sure we want our game and putting them in the best situation possible to be able to get their goal. And that's the partnership of it and also the culture and, and all those things play a factor, but the players buy in and their hunger and their wanting to be great is probably the number one factor. Coaches Newberg, uh, you haven't been on campus very long, but you have got to go through some of the uh, off season conditioning with your offensive line group. What's your thoughts on the unit so far? I feel the same desire to want to work and want to get the results. Um, one thing I give them credit for is they're really, you know, there's a false narrative that hard work, hard work pays off. That there's truth to that to some degree, but also you have to be very detailed and conscious of the quality of work that you're doing. Um, I heard an old saying, and, and I don't remember where it's from, but they said you sign your name a million times. How many times have you taken the time to quality enhance your signature where it's perfect? So just because you're doing something repetitively, if you're not consciously focused on the quality of the work you're doing, you don't get the result that you're looking for. So I commend them on the quality of work and the consciousness to get better and not just rep, 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 rep. Um, I've seen that growth. Now, we are light years away um, to us getting to the standard we want to get to, but I've, 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 I've loved the improvement of, of attempting to, to get to the objective. Mm-hmm. You and I have talked a little bit about this off the record, but why do you think the offensive line is so scrutinized, not just at Florida State, which it certainly is, but all around college football, and especially because it's probably the one position group that the average fan knows the least about? (laughs) I love it because um, (laughs) for a long time, offensive line didn't get any love or, or attention as much as they're getting now. Mm-hmm. So it might be negative attention, but it's still attention. And, uh, and most of it is just the lack of understanding for most of the common fan, because it's easy to blame. You can't run it. You can't throw it. You can't, you know, so it's, it's usually blame on the offensive line. But what I think that has done for the game is it, is it because your alignment that we're used to it. They, they, a lot of people call us mushrooms where just put us in the dark and we're still grow and get our work done. Just, you know, put us somewhere. We'll be fine. We don't need much of anything or, to be able to do our jobs, but I think it protects the skilled players a little bit more, which is good because those guys, um, they're in the spotlight a lot more 
and 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 I've seen that you know portrayed negatively in a lot of young guys' careers. So I'm okay with it because it puts us in the spotlight and allows those guys to to fight for their linemen and and kind of put them in the dark a little bit where they don't get as much of the the blame. And, and I believe offensive linemen are strong mentality young men who can handle it. Alex, when you're starting to look at evaluating offensive linemen to build a line, you know, for the future, when you're looking at the high school ranks, junior college, grad transfer, regardless, uh, what are the traits, both physically, mentally, that you're looking for? Like, what is a typical, prototypical Alex Atkins offensive lineman going to look like? The standard um, processing, processing of information. There's a lot of things that changes where an offensive lineman is different than what you've shown them, so they got to be able to, 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 to process information rather rapidly and and react reactions, um, athletic upside, meaning they have the ability to, to more possibly play other positions, um, just athletic, uh, potential. And, um, and also the fact that everybody looks for mental toughness, um, being able to strain and love the game and love the process of the game. You know, there's only 16, oh, well, it's for us, 12 games guaranteed. So you want them to really love the process because the process is just is, is the most important part so if you find those guys that love the process, usually everything kind of, you know, comes together very nicely. And gen- generally speaking here, I know this is from talking to different guys who work at 24-7 sports who are part of like the evaluation process. Um, but even when you look at the NFL, first round draft picks, uh, it's so tough to seemingly evaluate offensive linemen, e- even more so than other positions. I don't know if you agree with that, but it does seem like statistically there's a higher amount of guys who are projected to be like great at that position and maybe don't pan out. Uh, do you have any like reason or rationale, like why that position maybe is so difficult for some people to, to evaluate and analyze? Um, nobody has the answers. Um, even, you know, from the highest level to the lowest level, we, we exhaust all resources to try to attempt to be spot on and right on the money. And we would all like to think we got the answers. Um, but we don't. And, and, and because it's such a developmental position, an offensive lineman can be a zero one year and be the best in the country the next year. It's such a developmental position. You can put the biggest, strongest, um, meanest guy out there, but if he doesn't process information well, he won't be, you know, he won't be as good or capable of reaching his potential. Or you can put a guy out there that really understands the game and, and has uh, an, uh, a unique understanding of the game, but there's still a threshold of strength and length and athleticism that it takes to perform your duties. So it's it's very challenging to find that balance between the guys who have all the physical traits but also possess the mental traits to be able to process so much changing information as defensive coordinators are are very very detailed and very good at what they do coach what's your recruiting territory going to be now that you're at Florida State I don't have one um, <laughs> I probably need to come up with one I hope I'm, I'm, I'm taking any ideas anybody have uh, i don't have a, a recruiting pitch per se no 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 really territory. what's your primary territory uh, we'll work on the recruiting pitch later but first oh, all, I, I, thought thought you said pitch. Oh, I thought you said pitch i'm like i don't have one man help me out with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'll help you out with <laughs> first give me your territory. <laughs> uh my my area i'm responsible for mostly it would say the atlanta area that's really north half of georgia that'd be my primary area and i'm also you know of course position recruiting you know all the Great offensive lineman I can find. A lot of offensive linemen in Georgia. Um, why do you like – what are some of the characteristics of those guys? Why do you like getting in there and recruiting big men? Georgia has a, a unique – unique one of the unique states when it comes to high school football coaches that are excellent. 
you know, now they're all seeing Florida also, you know, is, is they're very similar where those coaches have a, they, they have a, they want to be great. They have the, the weather works out where they have the kids year round and, and they do a good job developing um, those, those alignment and, and, and honest relationship with those coaches. And, and those guys really put the time into development. And, um, and I believe it's showing, you know, kudos to the, to those high school coaches for not neglecting the, the big guys, you know, they have some big man camps and they have, you know, big man training in the summer. And you, you see a lot of States, you know, they, they're committed to the, to the 707, which is, you know, I don't have a problem with that either. I, I just see the state of Georgia and, and mm-hmm. a lot of other parts of different States of Florida. They're really embracing the development of their, of their front seven. What's been the response of some of the local coaches uh, that you've gone out to see, whether it be in December or January, it's been really good. Uh, I've enjoyed all the new relationships and, and some that I already knew of because I, mm-hmm. when I was coaching at Georgia Southern. I've spent a lot of relationship with the with the guys, the coaches up here in North Florida. So it's been amazing. Been embraced amazingly. Been getting great information. I've enjoyed it. As far as um, offensive linemen go, what is your philosophy when evaluating them? Not just recruiting them, but in the evaluation process. Like, because it's such a, a tough position to project because guys kind of come into their own so late, especially big men. So, how, what do you look for early on with these guys? The great thing I love about offensive line is, is only <laughs> we talked about this is there aren't so many few humans in the nation that even have the natural size and ability to play the position especially attack <laughs> there's not many of them that, yeah. i mean it's just like i always challenge people to say just think about the last three weeks of everywhere you've been in your life whether you're attached to the game or not how many humans have you seen walking the earth that can play tackle at this level just off size alone most people say maybe one big guy there's <laughs> not many mm-hmm. guys walking around the earth that have the ability when you talk about size length and, and athleticism and strength and process information they can do it. So it's a developmental. You have to find those, those key developmental pieces and pour into those men that are brought into the journey. So of course we're looking for those, those physical tools that you can, that everybody in the country can see, but we also looking for the athletic upside mental processing. So you have to, when you're looking, you have to find those small hidden features like, okay, I can see how, you know, we can develop this and and it's purely developmental. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. to put those pieces of the puzzle together. Do you think, Coach, that's why so many – see this trend increasing, like the value on length and athleticism, maybe more than just like being big and bulky, uh, seem to kind of shift in that direction where like guys or coaches are looking at athleticism. Is that why? Because you're looking at developmental, like that trait in and of itself is so oh, valuable? Of course, because we have to block those long, lean athletic guys on the other side. So we have right. to be able to match that athleticism. It, it just goes hand in hand. A lot of times we're looking for the same guys they're looking for. <laughs> um, just you know, we, we have to be able to stay in front of those guys and control them and moving against their will. So we have to be able to to match their athleticism just as well. So kind of focusing on run past you. Oh, sorry, what was that, Coach? Oh, they'll just run past you. Oh, they just run past you. That's true, which obviously you do yeah. not want. <laughs> That'd be bad. No, uh, it's not. I would say that's not the objective. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Uh, with with evaluating and recruiting, so we talked a little bit about you know your territories here at Florida State and what you're looking for at offensive mm-hmm. linemen. I'm curious, and I'm going to butcher the name. Maybe you could say it for me. When you were coaching the community college ranks, you were a recruiting coordinator. What was it at Towamba Community College? All right. Man, you were right on it. Itawamba. 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 All right. I just had to say it with more confidence. 
I just had to say it with more confidence. Juan, but yeah, you guys just, just well, that's just that's just in general. You say anything with the conviction, you know. That's <laughs> and the community college is where I where I got to coach my first complete room. Well, and so what was learned, that like? I learned more at that institution in my career than than any other place I've been, um, because I learned that the, 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 the fundamental value in coaching is is not what I know, it's what they what the players know. And it molded my most of my career. I realized I had to learn how to teach. Um, I didn't know how to teach. I knew football. I knew angles, leverage, plays, and, and, and what it looked like. But I, I had to learn how to present it, the information where differing learning types can be able to retain it. And that's the greatest thing I learned from Etiwama Community College. And and. And thank God that people were supportive. I was a young coach that that had never even you know coached four or five guys, four or five players at a time, and I was given that opportunity. And I grew at Etiwamba more than I ever could imagine. And then the recruiting. Also learned about the recruiting. No, yeah, I was going to ask about that. On both sides of it. That's going to be on so both sides of it. I listened to coaches recruit players, and I also uh, recruited players. So I was able to uh, kind of see some of those pitches you were talking about. Is it? more I, I couldn't imagine what like what is it more difficult to recruit uh, the junior college ranks or say like the, the fbs level i'm sure they're very different from each other but i guess what in your experience is more more challenging oh it depends when you're juco recruiting most of the kids you recruit don't have a choice they're going to go to junior college <laughs> you know they're, they're not qualified to um to go anywhere else so you're, you're already kind of in the driver's seat because they're going to junior college. You're trying to talk them into going to your junior college. Coach, you were a four-year starter at offensive guard at, at UT Martin. Um, twice earned all-conference honors. Give me the evaluation of a young Alex Atkins, and also afterwards tell me, would he be a take for the current Alex Atkins at Florida State? Oh, meaning like if I was playing, could I play here? No, I couldn't play at Florida State. There's no question about that. Uh, uh, everything happens on time. Everything happens on time and for a reason. Um, I walked on at UT Martin. Um, I was not um, given a scholarship, um, so I learned the walk-on mentality of, of you know, nothing is, is given; it's all earned. Um, so, and I appreciate. Um, I'll say a name here: Carlos Montgomery, who was my my roommate at the time, who came from Shannon, Mississippi, when I got there, because he there was an older player there that gave me the ropes and mm-hmm. kind of laid it out for me what I needed to do in order to gain. And also the opportunity at UT Martin, because when I was there for one year, there was a coaching change. So everybody started from ground zero, you know, and, and, and I was able to, to, to stay in, and, and it was a unique, unique situation because I was from Chicago. And so I didn't go home, you know, most breaks or long summer. So I was always there. So if I wasn't working, I was just being super lazy. Right. And, uh, and I actually had to lose, I had to lose weight to play and, and, and to be in the best shape. And, and I, I, the, the most important thing was the guys in the program poured into me and, and gave me the, the, the tools to be able to gain success while I was there. And also the, the coaching change was beneficial to me because I was able to start from ground zero. Alex, back when we first, at the very beginning of the podcast, when we started recording, you talked about the opportunity to come coach at Florida State, and you mentioned the offensive mind of, of Coach Norvell. 
when did you first meet Coach Norvell? Uh, and and I guess what about him and his personality has drew you to to come be a part of his staff? First time I shook Coach Norvell's hand was in Tallahassee. I never met him before. Wow, before that point, I didn't know we had, that. We had, we had phone conversations, and but I never physically shook his hand. I faced him when we were in the same conference. We were conference foes at Tulane, and and um, and the the we're, the last year I was there, we were able to, to steal one away from him. But the year before, he really displayed his offensive <laughs> his <laughs> offensive philosophy on us. And um, also, when you're in the same conference, you, you usually we would trail them. You would see their film. Mm-hmm. You would use their film in the breakdown of other opponents. And uh, I was always intrigued and. In, 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 how innovative he was and how he were willing to adjust his schemes to based upon what he was getting. And, and I was always interested in it. So before I even met him, I was already studying him. Even when I went to Charlotte, he was one of the programs that I had our graduate assistants break down by concept to be able to watch and, and learn from a distance. So um, wow. I've always <laughs> been able to watch and, and see how effective he has been. Oh, there's no question how effective he's been. I mean, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's that's interesting. Uh, and then the last question I had for you was about uh, a current guy on the roster, uh, fairly new, is Devontae Love-Taylor from FIU, the grad transfer. Uh, obviously, he did really well for himself at FIU. I guess, what have you seen from from him so far? And uh, and I guess, what position does he project at for you guys, seeming like he's a guy who could play a, a few different spots? Uh, don't, I don't have great answers for you. Okay. Uh, I know he's working hard. You know, he's... He, you know, it's all been, you know, all season, our tour of duty workouts, um, and he's been doing fine. So I believe, you know, once we get through the spring, I have some better answers for you. I don't want to jump the gun and, 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 and either build or, or delete hopes. I want to be able to give an accurate uh, description of what I believe he is. Understood. Coach, man, we really appreciate you taking this time to come speak to us. Um, mm-hmm. Before I let you go, though, I got to ask. The first time I met you back in December, we were all in a media scrum, oh, yeah. and you were asking us, uh, you were asking us for recommendations on food in Tallahassee. So, have you been Correct. able to get outside the Moore Center and enjoy some of the culinary art of Tallahassee yet? I've been fortunate where my wife is here, and okay. we're both kind of living in Airbnb. We still had moving, so what's been happening is she's been trying everywhere, mm-hmm. and then she brings me some to-go place. So I've had some samplings. I will so, say this. I won't any early any place in, in, in particular, but the seafood has been amazing. Mm. There's some great food at the house. The problem is it's all been in foam um, to-go plates, so right. I haven't quite – I might mess up some restaurants. So what I'm going to have her start doing is writing the name of the restaurant on the foam to-go plate so that way I can give you a better, a better description. Good, okay. The but next it's time, good food, though. I guarantee you that. The next so I'm time we get on the podcast. The restaurant on there. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make this into an Alex Atkins food review podcast on the bench. Next oh, time. That's like perfect for an online coach, isn't it? Just yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, Alex, man. Funny we appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And go Knowles. Alex Atkins, Florida State offensive line coach. Brendan, do you envy the position he's in right now? I'm just proud of myself that we talked about food to open and end the podcast. And I didn't make any suggestions on where he should eat. (laughs) (laughs) He he has a tough job. There's been some really good coaches uh, that have coached the offensive line here at Florida state 
before Coach Atkins too, and, and haven't really had substantial turnarounds yet. So well, no, you work look at, we talked about this off the record, but you know, you look at Greg Fry and Randy Clements, both came in with the best intentions. Um, I don't think anybody was really disappointed in either of those hires, but neither of them really made a big impact either on the field or off the field in recruiting. So now the, the baton gets passed to Alex Atkins and, um, he sure as heck seems like he's up for the job though. I do think it's interesting that he has a background as a recruiting coordinator, even if it's at junior college ranks that they put him in Atlanta, which obviously is a pretty big deal for Florida state. So they're putting a seemingly pretty good recruiter. I know his background at Charlotte, like he had good reputation there as a recruiter as well in this season he was there. So they're putting someone who can recruit, uh, as an offensive line coach, I kind of like that because you need to start getting those uh, those high ceiling guys. That's something that the program hasn't really been able to do. So uh, that's the first step. They're turning it around. That's my evaluation on the offensive line. No one cares about that, though. Do you want to know about food recommendations, Josh? Nope. I want to know who's up next in our in our whirling tour of interviews. Chris Marv is up next, linebacker coach. I was listening to some of his audio from National Signing Day. Earlier today in preparation, he's really, really smart and thoughtful. So I think we have another good episode coming up. All right, let's get to it. <laughs>